We're uh, in heaven right now, I think. They're cooking vegan food for us. And we're doing workshops and uh, other stuff. Like we sang yesterday, karaoke choir, my favorite activity. <laughs> um, and now we go and check out the horses. There are actual horses here. This is the best. And can you tell us where, where we are? Yes, we're in Västjylland uh, in a, a folkhögskola. And this is very exciting because uh, um, the first uh, impression was this uh, boss of the folkhögskola. She told this story that gave us uh, goosebumps and we got very emotional. Not everybody, but you and me, we both got emotional. And then she also said other nice things about how you could uh, practice dancing to become a better farmer or practice painting to become a better lawyer. And how it is this interesting history about uh, Folkhögskola that it was also supposed to uh, engage uh, people or like give them tools to engage in politics and society. So it's very special to be here. Yeah. I'm honored that we are here and uh, also very excited about that there are horses in close proximity to us. We, we go to the horses. We go to the horses now. <coughs> and maybe you can also maybe actually introduce yourself. Yes. Um, my name is Ellen and I am a dancer and I also sing a lot, choir singing, the choreo of choreography and I uh, make work. And I also find myself talking about dance a lot in different situations and writing about dance. Mostly when I write about dance, I at some point regret it because I changed my uh, position or opinion. Mm. Uh, but I think that's okay. Uh, before now, I was with Moa Salin and she said uh, she read something to us. And then the person in the story that she read was asked, is there any thing more you want to add and then the person said there's always more things to add every conversation is just a slice in time yeah. that's nice it's a little slice you know yeah. so yeah we do a slice now yeah we just do a slice in we time do a slice. we slice yeah. it here's the horse it's brown and extremely cute yeah and not so interested in us And uh, I'm here to teach um, a workshop that I, I titled Balleting, a repertory workshop. Mm. It's a punk ballet, somehow. I made this piece for uh, um, 16 uh, friends, people, women. Uh, and we were, the first time we did it, we were, it was three drummers and uh, 16 friends. And we did it on a conference called oh, uh, Architectures and Feminisms. Mm. And I think that could be a nice topic for this slice if we wanted to. Mm. Uh, because also I realized, for example, now when I've been singing a lot, uh, choir singing, uh, it's such a such an entangled or intricate relationship between, for example, architecture and uh, uh, the art form or the craft or the expression. So, for example, you will have very different singing techniques for like calling the cattle out in the open uh, than from singing in this uh, very uh, soft, uh, what heter det, liksom, rounded uh, and huge spaces of a church. Mm. Like how the 
voice meets the architecture really shapes the genre and the style. And I thought of that a lot with the ballet piece because um, ballet is something that I have uh, loaded my body with half... Uh, um, I mean, it was, of course I wanted, I went there, but also it came. I mean, we crossed roads a lot. Uh, for example, uh, when I went to dance school, I was told that it was very important to dance ballet and that ballet was like vitamins. Um, so then uh, ballet reappeared. And then um, I think, uh, yes, for example, uh, last uh, Friday, my friend, uh, finished or like she uh, she got her PhD uh, she finished it completed it and it was about graffiti and how graffiti is illegal in Sweden and I think that's a very telling metaphor for my interest in ballet that um, something that uh, a lot of people consider an art form is considered illegal and then it really can't really get out of that space maybe it doesn't want to of course and uh, yeah it's very forming uh, for that art form that it's considered illegal of course and then you can put that maybe next to that uh, this thing I said yesterday in the workshop that in 16, 1661 this French uh, Louis King, the Sun King, formed the, the first, 14th, right? 14th perfect, uh, formed the first uh, dance academy. So the first first dance academy uh, was this uh, ballet academy that yeah. he made. And then um, there was other facts about the beginning of ballet that I think is interesting in relationship to this uh, thing we are in now, Danske Danshistoria, this initiative, which is um, that I think the first book uh, it's a conversation between like a lawyer and a judge, like the first instruction about how to dance, like uh, the first book, orchestography, or this, uh, ah, I don't remember, we can Google it. Anyways, then uh, I was just uh, thinking how uh, it's so interesting that it was really like on the other side, like let's say of graffiti, or maybe also of like a folk dance that has been like uh, very... Um, uh, a, a part of a commons that has been like passing through many many people being used and developed so then uh, ballet really was on the side of the power from the beginning like it was uh, uh, done in the royal palace and you know he was doing it himself and also I, I feel like uh, uh, I just read a tiny bit about the Danish ballet uh, royal ballet but also I mean I think it's more or less the same as the all the ballets, they have been very much uh, a part of uh, forming a national identity and uh, um, conditioning the good subject. So you represent a good subject. So it's like a skinny princess and a rich prince or it's a, um, very um, also the whole premise of the story that there's like uh, one protagonist and then everybody else acts a little bit like furniture or they're really less, just like very similar to the um, scenography uh, sometimes and uh, that uh, that 
it's an interesting relationship that it was on power side and used by the power but also uh, so there's so many like anecdotes you know now turn out this like such an important uh, part of valley but one time a person told me that they started to turn out because the stage was so narrow or like uh, it was not deep it was very shallow so they turned out for that reason and now it's like such a big part of the aesthetics so i think uh, also that's where i wanted to go i lose threads often but i will try to keep them get them back uh, the graffiti thread i think that's also why i think it's uh, and also to conditions like for example the uh, church music there's a, a lot of uh, church music very well kept and it's very uh, rich it's very complex you can really feel that they have had uh, conditions to work um, somehow um, and yes of course i mean who else can afford to have a um, instrument that covers a whole wall like the big church organs are very uh, special mm. and also when you uh, uh, it's interesting nowadays if you go to church it is really quite fascinating to think about that you could build such a big house with so much space and so soft there's no sharp corners and there's so much volume and there is no proof you know like if you think about how how obsessed uh, people are people are i guess how how important it is with numbers and quantifying now it's interesting to then think that like if a church or like a house for art uh, would be built on the same premises as like the big churches. Of course, I'm simplifying lots of things. I mean, religion was such a power player, but still, I think it's interesting that uh, then we have these architectures and we have all those uh, things with us, all this music. And it's also, of course, uh, a very interesting um, uh, symptom of how history is uh, made you know that churches uh, uh, were very powerful so we keep this music um, and maybe uh, yeah of course most of it is by dead white men which brings me back to the ballet because also it's interesting recently I I, I don't know if it was me or someone else who said it was a, a fem, feminist uh, uh, dance work and then I, I was thinking a lot about, uh, you know, the performativity of that uh, statement that like if someone says that my piece, which is uh, all the big jumps from the male repertory that I was somehow not really taught or allowed to do in class situations always uh, together with this uh, riot girl punk, which was like very... Uh, uh, clearly uh, feminist expression of course uh, but if that is it's just interesting that then then again we reproduce this idea of the neutral uh, artist being the male uh, white male uh, genius somehow that is inside the law and inside the institution and inside uh, all the cozy rooms somehow um, and then, uh, so then it was, I was doubting this because of course it can also be quite informative that it is, you, if we put it in the context of today, it is a feminist piece, a, a feministic uh, piece of art, probably, because it uh, struggles with the um, present ideology of like patriarchal neoliberal blah, blah, blah. but then um, 
I mean, it would be nicer to find another name and or just claim that all the other ballets are sexist uh, ballets or like uh, uh, nationalistic ballets. It, like not nationalistic in the sense of like uh, Sweden rules, but like that they are, are somehow part of uh, constituting this uh, uh, national identity or like uh, uh, keeping the people together and... Uh, conditioning them somehow and your piece is called how to do things with romance and that's the repertoire you are um, learning us in this workshop called ballying yes that is correct so then yeah then that opens uh, many many doors that we can step into one uh, would be that uh, uh, the, the title yes it um, it's from how to do things with words by J.L. Austin, who, uh, which is like the starting point for the whole performativity theory, which I think is super interesting to uh, problematize in general. And I think somehow also this idea that only words would be performative is a little bit, uh, um, I mean, I think many people have already moved that idea. But, uh, uh, and I think if we start with thinking that somehow everything is uh, uh, changing or like, uh, creating or reproducing or transforming reality it's uh, maybe it could also be quite practical like how how to do things with romance i mean ballet is such a romantic art form it's really and dance is very often romanticized you have those beautiful young bodies and there's very often a love narrative and um, uh, so this one Maybe we can also think of it as me attempting to romanticize stuff, like for example, uh, team spirit uh, uh, or like this idea of uh, the team sports movies that I really uh, enjoy watching. I have a very weak spot for for them. Um, And that it could also somehow be... uh, yeah, associated with uh, with many parts, but the the repertory, like the idea of teaching repertory, I think is also very connected to today. Like I I spoke yesterday about this uh, ego depletion or the 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 fact that we are very uh, the individual is very highlighted uh, in today's ideology. So it's interesting, like you know, you have to make so many choices. And there are some philosophers that talk about, uh, or like I think Foucault also wrote this uh, postscript of of something, uh, uh, society. Uh, It's about going from um, discipline to control. So he follows Foucault in arguing that um, before people told us what to do and uh, it was very outspoken, like... uh, but now it's much more, you can do whatever you want, but maybe you actually can't. So it's a very good way of hiding um, uh, that it's actually not so such a mobile society. Like it's not so much social mobility, but it looks like it's so. So I will take again my favorite example, Slatan, that uh, uh, it's a very good uh, story that romanticizes the 
potential for climbing the social ladder somehow. But it doesn't question, of course, that sort of narratives doesn't question the idea of having a social ladder or like finding other ways of living together or constituting societies in different ways where like it's not about uh, the mobility, but about uh, that we can uh, all have a better life together somehow. Uh, but uh, also that it's dependent on so many factors and so many infrastructurals uh, or apparatuses or uh, organizations that are uh, weaker or non-existent in dance. Like it's interesting, for example, to to think about um, that uh, in Sweden we have this uh, Alman Idrottsplats, which is like a place where you can practice sports, but it's uh, it's a common it's it com it's a common. So it is for free to be be there. You can be there where uh, when you want, and it's kind of taken like it's the city that uh, takes care of it, uh, maintain it and stuff. And then there is all this those associations. So it's very what I I'm getting at is that it's it's very cheap. And also we have a lot of those ballparks around, but there are no dance studios. And I think it's also is so connected to this idea of the library that the library is a place where you we we keep things that we can share and uh, it's not like if one book is not read for a while it's considered bad so the library is a place where books that are not super popular exactly right now can also have a spot and be considered important which goes very much against uh, very much uh, state funded uh, art institutions like for example uh, dramaten uh, uh, operan like all those very big rich institutions where they still have this uh, pressure to sell tickets and therefore end up uh, um, displaying a very similar program to let's say like a super like an freestanding commercial uh, actor in the field like a private theater which gets very uh, um, it really is extremely strange on many in many uh, aspects I mean for example um, that uh, if you if you say that selling tickets in the is the only notion of quality, it's really you have uh, reduced uh, the whole idea maybe of state-funded art, which would be to have uh, what I would call like a democratic uh, um, culture where there are many voices and it's not only the voices that are for everybody that uh, is given space somehow and also that uh, I think now also Chantal Mouffe uh, which is this philosopher that talks so much about that politics is not agreeing and that one opinion uh, should be like it's not about uh, finding the common uh, ground it's about uh, finding a space where we can disagree and we can <laughs> somehow uh, okay I didn't read the whole book, just so you know, so uh, I'm very sorry, Chantal Mouffe, but that it's uh, the important part as I see it is that, first of all, there is no uh, neutral, like you can't say that uh, um, uh, the present ideologies came out of nowhere, like of course uh, there are so many mechanisms producing ideology and norms and conventions and uh, behaviors, you are so to say being very performed by history and culture and power maybe mainly but also that it's really interesting like recently because it's election year now in, in Sweden and I, and I have heard quite a lot of this like yeah but uh, don't be so upset or like let's try to 
to agree and uh, like finding common ground as being reasonable but it really goes against this idea of politics being really like the space for different voices and oppositions to coexist and also I think it also uh, changes the idea of um, democracy to just uh, uh, populist uh, or I don't know. I think maybe I'm using the term populist wrong, but that it's that it would be uh, uh, only majority, like that it's not about everybody having a voice, uh, or like in culture that there are space for more than the main or the most popular, let's say. And I think uh, this thing of the thing in the middle, it's also very interesting that like, what is it that sell that many tickets? Because how I see it, it's very much like what is normal enough, but still looks a little bit uh, uh, spectacular to pass. So I think very many times mm, we have this idea that uh, art is very uh, highbrow or, or have a high threshold to understand and to get and to engage with but very very often I think it's actually it's absolutely not true it's like the infrastructure that lets it down or you know it's hard to find and it doesn't have contact surfaces and it doesn't have um, uh, conditions to actually be worked on and all, all of those other factors so for example if we think of, of a house as big as uh, the Uh, royal opera or the royal theater or something like this uh, of course whatever you put there people will come to see it because they have a marketing um, people employ- employed that know how to do their job and they have uh, power and they have a history uh, historical power and uh, uh, financial muscles and they have all of those um, resources that make, I mean, I'm just saying that it's interesting then for me also like with opera because also what it is, the ballet it's doing, it's uh, paying for rich people's culture. I mean, that's also something that could be talked about. But also uh, the craft. So we can see, I think, uh, the last, um, well, I shouldn't say numbers because I will just get them wrong. But we can see a tendency in in art where uh, this focus on originality and newness have been very strong and also of branding the self as like the brand is more important than the quality or the quality becomes the brand or like how visible the brand is, let's say. Uh, so it works very much like the fashion industry. Like if you have a, a, a brand and you sell tickets and therefore you are good because quality is quantifiable, it's selling tickets. So it's this... Uh, Uh, very much how like maybe also YouTube or Facebook uh, works that the things that already have a lot of attention uh, gets more attention because they go to the top all the time. Uh, so there we have it, uh, the opera house uh, uh, paying a lot of the Uh, ticket costs for people that could actually afford tickets but also of course we have also to take into consideration that we shouldn't we shouldn't put uh, uh, culture against other cultural expressions because it's not about that it's bad to to uh, uh, fund the arts i mean i would say it's uh, life and death we need to but uh, especially if we actually want are interested in uh, democracy and not like a canon or a, Um, you met in mitten, like lukewarm middle thing, but middle soup, haha. But uh, what? 
now now I got a tiny bit lost. So yes, yes. So, sorry. So so then then we have this um, uh, 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 issues also of. Uh, that craft is very time-consuming and very expensive. So especially today when it's very cheap to maybe make, uh, for example, uh, uh, knives uh, for uh, putting butter on the sandwich, like that can be very, very cheap because you can outsource the labor to countries where it's much cheaper to pay uh, um, uh, wages and where they don't have so... Uh, strong unions, etc., etc., and then you can make very, very, very cheap uh, butter knives. But then you can't, uh, or, ex- or you can find better uh, plastic or uh, you know cheaper materials. Like you can make things cheaper, but uh, humans, like human labor, is quite still very expensive. And especially, I'm thinking of art that can take uh, so much time. And then I'm thinking of craft and this tendency in art to the originality culture and to the um, questioning what art is and what it can do, like putting an artwork on the table that changes retroactively the whole art history. So, uh, um, well, I could say Duchamp, but then also, you know, there's this rumor that it was actually his lover that put the uh, uh, artwork and he just claimed the fame for it. But well, let's say him, that he put something in the gallery that really shows that it's not the artwork itself, it's that it's put in the gallery. Like, it's a whole apparatus, it's a whole machinery. It's like the critics, uh, the curators, the actual space. Like, there are so many things that defines art besides the artwork and that, you know, this uh, that uh, the notion of quality is all the time in flux or all the time, like, uh, uh, moving and being transformed. And then I think it's interesting to think of that or things like big, uh, uh, um, like land art, maybe big things outdoors versus like uh, other things that has, uh, that could be considered artistic expression, like maybe handicraft or uh, things that maybe take more time and that have been inside the home and therefore not taken up into the art canon somehow. And then it would just be quite cool, I think, uh, um, to think about how we also get the art that we deserve. So if we don't uh, have conditions in the freelancing to make uh, art that takes time, we will get this like uh, super stressed in a way or like fast food art. And I think it's interesting to think of practice based choreography as fast food art. And then I'm not saying I'm not I don't want to reduce practice based choreography. I think, uh, of course, there is like so much uh, great work that is practice based and it also really opens another dimension of collective authorship to actually delegate decision making uh, uh, to different, uh, like to the dancers, and there's not only this top down, but there. It I think it can be a very valid strategy for delegating delegating decision making, and therefore like uh, activating collective authorship in a super interesting way. But uh, it's also this thing of like when when Foucault and the last uh, when the last talks about Foucault talking about uh, this shift from discipline to control that very often it's not do whatever you want is do whatever you want but not that, which is a very very uh, strong difference. So you would uh, delegate but then take back. So you delegate as long as it is what you want or what you didn't know that you want, but what you recognize when you see it. Uh, so it's like also a controlling thing 
a bit like freelancing, like it sounds free, uh, but actually it's also very much like if you only are, um, if you only are uh, um, given the means to do the work, if you do certain kinds of work, it's nothing free about the freelancing. I mean, it's a freedom from everything. It's this hito style, freedom from social security, freedom from welfare, freedom from uh, um, also all the positive things that uh, um, being a citizen has meant. Um, and I think also uh, to go back to the ballet a bit, that uh, it's funny how the those institutions are so connected to the nation. And now today when we have such a global economy, it's really strange for me how so much seems to be about uh, the nation. Uh, because, I don't know, it feels like we have expanded the market, but not the thinking in that sense. And it's very confusing to me. Like, for example, with uh, you know global warming. Uh, but uh, that was side note, I think. I didn't think that took me back. <laughs> we were in crafts, crafts that take time. So I'm very interested in crafts. So instead of uh, develop, what if you would envelop? So that, you know, instead of going out, like a little bit uh, imperialistic, like taking more... Uh, uh, territorializing more you could go in so ballet I've been hanging out with for many years so what if I stay with it but I don't stay with the apparatus that produced the expression so I stay with the form and I let the form inform me and I use the form to learn more uh, but I I do it somewhere else and I when I say do it somewhere else I don't only mean like physically outside of the opera house but I think the opera house we can also see as an environment so an environment that does something to the expression and that the expression does something too, maybe. And I think in this case, the expression is really the weak actor. Like, uh, And I think that's also my issues with p- performativity, that like, of course, we have agency. But what, like what Paula said in her lecture yesterday, we're more often being performed uh, by, uh, let's say, ideology or um, structures or power. Mm. So... Um, then we can use maybe performativity to see our responsibilities and our um, space where we can change or uh, influence or transform or interact with uh, and to see our responsibility in not only following but also to shift. But we can also uh, just question that notion of performativity uh, and try to instead maybe use other words to think about how um, environments are um, acting on us. So then, um, for example, things with the opera house that I feel have acted on me. The idea of romance as heteronormative with a guy being stronger than the girl, like to be very basic. The idea that in every story there's a main character and all the others are extras. Uh, the idea that pain is beautiful uh, and uh, that it's not a slice in time. It's like the story and then it has an ending and then it's happily ever after or sad ever af- ever after. That's a very interesting one. But uh, um, yes, so therefore in my uh, piece, uh, I thought of this film uh, about, uh, or actually it was many films. I really had a thing for for 
team sports films for a while. Uh, and then I, I thought that they um, uh, it's so nice when they romanticized its team spirit. So I, I tried to think of ballet as a team sport because it also is already for me not a sport because you can't win, but it is in the sense that it's something that I do. I do it almost every day and I go to the professional classes and I take class with everybody and I put down the internet, I put down my phone, I disconnect from everything else and I'm in that room for one and a half hour and someone is playing the music for us and the teacher is there facilitating but because ballet is so cool that it's somehow open source now because so many people has touched it so it's not like I'm dependent on the teacher to tell me the rules of the game. I've already learned the rules of the, of the game from so many people. So we can all use it and develop it. So we can all pull in it. And we don't uh, we don't have to, let's, let's say, uh, respect uh, uh, Isadora Duncan's last wish. Because it's not uh, Isadora Duncan or Graham or Cunningham dance. It's ballet. So it's everybody. So we're balleting. And uh, that is something that I think is feels very relevant for me in this like branding uh, culture. And then, uh, so we're there and we do this dancing together and we do this class that is uh, also somehow a big trauma for many people because there is so much, uh, there's been so much, um, I would call it power abuse in teaching ballet. And also it has been a lot of non-teaching in ballet. Like for example, complimenting someone because they're skinny or because they are tall or because they have beautiful bone structure, beautiful ankles. I mean, this is really pedagogy of like Stone Age. I mean, it's not pedagogy. It's just saying, stating something or having an opinion about something. So it would be interesting then I think like I'm very inspired by Anna Grip who was teaching a teacher at DOC where I went to school. And um, she once uh, said to me when I had, uh, I was so confused about trying to be critical because I felt encouraged to be critical in my education and at the same time really trying something, so really going for something. And there was this big conflict and then she said temporary submission as a proposition. And I really feel like that somehow what I I do or like I feel like I submit to the form of ballet, but that doesn't mean that I submit to uh, power abusers because also in a way I mean in if we should play the game uh, like if we should be part of what it is now it is not a team sport it's very much like hyper competitive very few uh, jobs and la 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 but also it's like the bigger employer of dancers in at least in Sweden that I know of I mean I think they have almost 80 dancers employed that's amazing it's crazy I, I, I can't even count that many dancers I mean, it's a very problematic uh, house, the opera house, because it's all the time uh, top down. So you can't, or I always experience that you can't change it unless you have already conformed to its norms and uh, like done a career inside of the house. Like you would need to be a part of that uh, culture to change it. But uh, there, for example, like with uh, ballet, like uh, Anna Grip also said this really nice thing, like that the, the ballet, uh, uh, like the, the point the feet or whatever, they are innocent. It's not, they're not the guilty ones somehow. And I think uh, 
Also, I'm very sorry if I misquote her out of context. But anyways, what I think is important is that, for example, when you go to the opera, like I once had this idea that I would make a review uh, uh, of a show, a show, a show, it's really a show, no? Uh, in the opera house that you, if you, because I was a student, so then we get the free tickets on the top, 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 top. And then I, because I'd never gone to the opera when I was in school and then we had a ballet teacher and he said uh, he was like what you never went to see a ballet like seriously you're in dance school go to see a ballet and then I went to see a ballet and then I I had this free ticket to the top so then I went there and it's this house and it has gold everywhere and it's so royal that it's uh, like a museum in and of itself and then in the ground floor everybody's drinking champagne or eating sandwiches with like shrimp on it it's like really like so strange that this is close to culture you know it's not how I know it and then I went all the way up and then on the top floor you really feel poor already because there is no gold anymore or like maybe a tiny bit of gold and there is like maybe you can only buy a piece of chocolate or like you know there is not so much bubble so it really like the house itself has so much tells me so much and then I was there and I hardly can see anything it's like the cheapest ticket and then the most expensive tickets are on the floor so it's very there's so many levels of hierarchy in that space But then uh, I have this feeling like, of course, you could put whatever you want on that stage. And then you also have to consider, like, for example, I was in ballet school for a short while. And then they said that I was too old and had too broad shoulders. But of course, I don't have too broad shoulders to practice ballet. Like, it's it's not a problem to have shoulders and do a plie. Like, it's really not a problem. (laughs) But I mean, of course, it's a problem to get into the costumes. And uh, maybe it's a problem in the that's in the eye of the beholder. Like if I, uh, of course, I would never, ever pass uh, any kind of uh, um, opera auditions. But it's also interesting. Okay, here's the doubleness of the thing because I think for me it's quite easy to be like it's easy for me to use ballet because even though I respect people that are very good at their craft, there are so many things with that building that I have issues with that I can say out loud, uh, but. Okay, let me maybe rephrase that. Um, There are parts of culture that I don't feel like I can owe. Like they're not mine and I don't feel like I should use or misuse them or transform them. But with ballet, I really feel that it's fine because I feel that it has been like held uh, hostage by the, uh, you know, idea of this uh, royal... uh, um, Royal Ballet School and the um, Royal Opera House. I don't think it's a problem. Like I feel very Robin Hood about it. To be honest, I'm very. Um, I don't. I think everybody should take it and use it. But what is interesting is that even though I can uh, take those jumps, for example, like we have some jumps from Don Quixote, like the big. Um, male jumping solos in the big uh, masterpieces, so to speak. Uh, Even though we take that and we use it for other means, like, for example, not to express uh, how great one person is, but uh, to express, for example, the, the work or the spirit or the doing of it or letting the form inform your body rather than you expressing yourself through the form. 
there is uh, still this thing that fascinates me with uh, the, the opera house that they are also the house where they train the same thing every day and where they get very very good at that and uh, where uh, they have a whole school of nine years for training one specific uh, uh, technique or genre or whatever you want to call it uh, whereas as a freelancer if I if I let's say that I get funding to work for four weeks. I mean, there's no way ever that I could get to that level of expertise. And there was this funny incident. I went to a theater in Stockholm uh, lately. um, uh, And then this person who sell tickets, she has a strong ballet trauma. (laughs) And then she said that, uh, yeah, yeah, I actually hate dance. I wanted to be a dancer, but then I quit after the preparatory education. And then uh, uh, my friend asked, how long was the preparatory education and she said it was nine years because it was in Russia and then my friend um, uh, said oh that's interesting because a doc you have deep knowledge after half a year you know that is also uh, and half a year I could never it's really hard outside of the institution to even get funding to work on something for half a year I feel like especially if you don't want to make a solo which I don't want uh, so now maybe it sounds too um, uh, sad. Sorry. But anyways, I think it's also, there's something there that I think we, we that I wanted to problematize also and that I am problematizing because I also don't know how to deal with that because I think what it asks is um, you can't be part of the originality culture and the uh, art market fair uh, situation that is going on now. You can't come with new, 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 new if you also want to craft something and learn a skill to that level. But it's interesting that, uh, like, okay, third time quoting Anna Gip, but it's okay because she's very cool. So, so one, she said that what if dance is not an art form? It's like its own thing. Because, you know, if we would say dance is an art form, then maybe it needs to follow this originality culture. Or if dance is presented in the theater, maybe it needs to follow the idea of that there is always a narrative and that there's representations going on. I mean, of course, there's representation, but, you know, this clear, like, now I am pretending to be someone else thing going on. Uh, But what if dance is uh, dance, you know, because of course we can also look uh, to different dance histories or dance stories like I'm thinking uh, very much now of of folk dance as like an activity that you do together, you come together to dance together and you dance shared like open source shared dancers. So so, um, there are other aspects of uh, Because I think also the notion of art gets very complicated in this idea because the whole uh, commodification of art and how uh, it's like a whole uh, very fast racing apparatus that that I think is, uh, you know, curators, uh, uh, art historians, uh, different forms of art experts, different forms of curators, but maybe also mostly in in terms of uh, visual arts uh, like collectors uh, and um, museum institutions and more. Um, whereas if we would also like I don't know what to move first because what I think is very relevant with the notion of art today is that it's supposed it's somehow supposed to be so unuseful that it can open new uh, uh, 
ways of thinking or open for new experiences that we couldn't imagine having before, which I think maybe craft doesn't aim for in the same way. But it could also happen that we do that through enveloping, like really looking for the inside edges rather than the outside edges. So rather than going cross-disciplinary, we go in to the discipline and we stay there and we keep at it. Uh, But I think that level of commitment, like we have a lot of commitment issues uh, today. Uh, I mean, for example, dating apps could be considered a symptom of the commitment issues. And I think it's very, it's a very consumerist behavior. So you would have like um, before uh, maybe you choose uh, one person or someone chooses a person for you. Whereas today we are much more acting like consumers. We want to maximize the... mm, what what it's not uh, that we find a product or a person or a thing that is like good enough good enough we're all the time looking for uh, yeah maximum like how much can we get so uh, so um, we and we i just mean that it's a very strong uh, uh, strategy in consumer society uh, that uh, you can always be more happy if you buy more things or uh, go somewhere else. And the green is always greener. The grass is always greener on the other side, all of those things. So then I think somehow, uh, yeah, there's something with this uh, craft and to not make things or to not be in this new, but to, to rather be in the silent transformation of things and think of art and culture as a, a, a very collective and ongoing uh, um, creativity rather than like me being creative inside of this ideological realm of me being a subjectivity that should be creative and produce ideas and uh, Uh, produce newness newness and market myself and pitch ideas somehow Mm. and uh, the whole aspect of social dance like that uh, it is ways of spending time together so maybe when we if we think that dance is not an art form it has maybe as this it's a collective uh, mm, art form not collective in the sense of like unorganized uh, structure less flat structure but uh, in the sense of uh, like shared activity or something that we can do together and it will be different when we do it together than from when we do it alone. Like for example, I would uh, say that uh, writing poetry uh, uh, for me is uh, a solitary activity that gets uh, somehow collective in the exchange, like that my thinking goes through other people's thinking, etc., etc. But it has a very... Um, we share, uh, there is a lot of exchange, uh, body to body, and there is a lot of, um, yeah, maybe copying uh, and, uh, yeah, sharing. Yeah, bodies being in a room together. Like, I think so much of this uh, morning class thing and how how sad I think it is that it is really... Uh, I almost feel guilty when I make time to take morning class because it would be somehow more reasonable in terms of <laughs> making a living to do admin and answer emails. Uh, and no, no one will ever, I think, pay me for taking class. I mean, it's really not part of my job. I really have to like make it part uh, uh, 
but uh, it's something with being in that room that also uh, tells me why I'm into dance. Mm. I think there's so much uh, more to be uh, said, but uh, we we stay with one slice. Yeah. Yeah. We slice more another time. <laughs>